Actually, um, our assistant pastor, Sophia, was supposed to be preaching this morning, and then she had to have emergency surgery this week, so continued to be in prayer for her. Um, so I'm going to be speaking the next two Sundays. Do we have our title slide up, guys? Is it working? Holy Spirit, who is he? I'm going to probably do things a little different this morning. I want to share something first before we greet each other. I feel like the Holy Spirit actually brought something back to my memory. Uh, I don't know how much of a backstory to give you. I was uh, raised in a Christian home. Actually, my mother was senior pastor of our church in Kellogg, Idaho. It used to be called Full Gospel Mission, a mouthful. Um, little Pentecostal church, very small congregation. But I was introduced to the Holy Spirit at a very young age and asked him into my heart when I was about eight years old. In the 60s, late 60s and 70s, I don't know if all of you have heard of the charismatic movement or not. Some of you probably have not. But it was a time when the Holy Spirit began to break out of just Pentecostal churches. And the Holy Spirit was invading the Lutheran church and the Episcopal church and the Methodist church and the Catholic church. And my mom and dad were instrumental in Little Kellogg, Idaho and having a charismatic um, meeting with the uh, approval of the Catholic Church. They brought some uh, Jesuit priests and nuns up from Gonzaga into our little tiny church, and they minister to um, many people on receiving the Holy Spirit into their life. Those meetings continued for quite a while. So we had a very unique relationship with the Catholic Church in Kellogg and in Wallace. And in, I think it was the year 2001, uh, Ralph and I became senior pastors of Full Gospel Church, then changed to Christian Life Center Church. And we were senior pastors in 2001. And Father Tom of the Catholic Church invited me to lunch with a group of people one day. And my aunt was a spirit-filled Catholic woman who prophesied, sang in the spirit, had, was, was filled with joy, was an amazing woman of God, and she was going to pick me up and take me to this luncheon. I, had, I wasn't smart enough to ask what her what is this luncheon for? <laughs> I just thought, well, this is nice. We have this wonderful relationship with the Catholic Church. Some, many of their ladies were coming to our Wednesday morning ladies um, meeting. And so I went up to this luncheon, and uh, it, there was quite a few people sitting around two tables, and Father Tom, and... and um, it, when you live in a very small community of about 2,000 people, you, you pretty much know everybody. So there wasn't anybody that was a stranger to me, but I was a little surprised that some people, you know how you don't think people go to church? <laughs> and then you go, oh, boy, I've been judging people. So we're sitting around and we're eating lunch, and the, 
Father Tom begins to say, now the reason we're having this meeting is because Pentecost Sunday is coming up. And I want to discuss, he wanted to discuss how are we going to celebrate Pentecost Sunday. And they begin to talk about decorating the entire church. I, Michelle, help me. Is it purple? That is Pentecost. And so they were going to have the color purple um, throughout the, the sanctuary, the flowers, um, so many things that were going to announce to the congregation that this is Pentecost Sunday. And then they begin to talk about, well, what are the type of uh, songs that we want to have sung? Because we don't want to have just the regular song service. We want to have songs that actually invite the Holy Spirit into our service. And then they begin to say, you know, Father, well, what happens when we invite the Holy Spirit into the service? We've got to give a place if people want healing and miracles are supposed to happen. So they began to talk about that. What, you know, we've got to give freedom and tell the people if they want to stand and raise their hands or sit and raise their hands, you know, that they're going to be able to do that. And I'm just sitting there listening to this conversation. And then they say, what if the power of the Holy Spirit actually falls on somebody and they end up laying down at the altar and it's like well you know we'll just have people that will stand around them and pray and then he turns to me this woman who has been raised in a Pentecostal church all her life and he says now Susie Pentecost Sunday's next week how are you guys going to celebrate it Do you know, I was humbled, and I was actually embarrassed. Because we take something for granted. And I can remember stumbling over my words and kind of saying, well, you know, we kind of celebrate them all the time. And I sounded really weak and not very bright and... He was just so loving and caring, and my, my aunt kind of piped up for me on my behalf, and I left there and went, I'm never going to let that happen again. First of all, I am not going to judge another church by what I see from the outside and what I think is going on, because we have no idea how the Holy Spirit is moving in a church that we don't think he should be moving in. I wished I could have not gone to my church that Sunday and gone to the Catholic church, you know, and actually seen and felt uh, what it was like. So this morning, I want to talk to you about the Holy Spirit. Let's go ahead and stand. Holy Spirit, I invite you to be released into this house that you will show us how you want to be celebrated, acknowledged. We give you freedom this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Please go ahead and greet each other for about three minutes, and then I'm going to call you back. Let's go ahead and come back to our seats.
baby Jack is here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> baby Jack is is here. He just ah, he just got out of the hospital from being there. I think twenty some days having open heart surgery. So, oh, God bless you. <laughs> Okay, that was supposed to happen, Lisa. <laughs> oh. I want to give you a definition um, of a word, and I'm not going to tell you what the word is. I want you to tell me what the word is after I give you some of the definition. Who is a person who gives you value? Who is a person who gives you respect? Who has affection for you? Who builds you up? Who is never hostile towards you? Who is a constant companion? Who promotes your happiness and prosperity? And you like this person so much that you want to promote their happiness and prosperity. Do you think you know the word that I'm looking for? Let me go just a little bit further because I'm looking for a specific definition. Someone who really knows everything about you and yet is bound to you because they like you so much. Someone who is on your side. A person who you share experiences with even when your experiences are unpleasant. Someone who doesn't care if you look nice. Someone who doesn't care if you're boring. Someone who forgives you and tries to help you. Someone who tells you if you're being stupid, but who never makes you feel stupid. Does anybody know what I'm describing? <laughs> My sister said Susie. <laughs> Thank you, Pat. Tricia. Friend. Friend. A true friend loves at all times. That's what Proverbs 17, 17 says. A friend is someone you look forward to seeing and who looks forward to seeing you. Someone you like so much that you start to like the things that they like. A friend is someone that when times are hard, stands beside you and says, let's do this together. If no one else will, a friend will stick with you. Friend comes from a word in Hebrew that means to love and to honor. It actually means the word beloved. When you read beloved in the Bible, there's a connotation of friend. Someone who is dearly loved in a personal personal, intimate way. And my favorite phrase that is used as a definition of friend or beloved is 
someone who is near to your heart. It's not just spoken love. It is love and affection that expressed by actions. That's a true friend. Let's go to the next slide. I'm reading this out of the Message Bible. John 15, 26 through 27 says, now this is Jesus speaking. When the, what? Friend I plan to send you from the Father comes, and then he explains who the friend is. The spirit of truth issuing from the Father, he will confirm everything about me. I want to stop right there. Jesus is saying, when the friend comes, and by the way, I'm sending you the friend. The Father's sending you the friend. When the friend comes, he's going to confirm that I am who I say I am. And who is the friend that Jesus is talking about? He's talking about the Holy Spirit. And I can bet there are people in this room that have known about their Holy Spirit their entire lives and have never thought about him being your friend. I want you to have that definition in your mind as I'm teaching this morning. I want you to connect that to the Holy Spirit. Have you ever thought of him as being your friend. Are there people in this room this morning that said, I just need a friend? Are there times when no one else is around and you want that special bond and you're needing a friend? Well, we're going to start a new way of thinking this morning, and I believe that that new way of thinking about the Holy Spirit will change your lives. I have found um, my 60-plus years that there have been many misconceptions and many stereotypes about the Holy Spirit. There's a huge number of people who love Jesus with all their heart, and yet they have those misconceptions about the Holy Spirit. Many of you sitting here this morning may be sincerely reluctant to embrace a life-transforming friendship with the Holy Spirit because of these misconceptions and these stereotypes, because of misuse, because of abuse, and honestly because of growing pains. We've, ha we've had to grow up into how the Holy Spirit operates. And some of us has had really good teaching about the Holy Spirit, and some of us have had really weak teaching about the Holy Spirit. And I, I want to be a little transparent this morning, but I also want to be careful. I'm not trying to put anybody down. It's just an observation about these misconceptions. And maybe you've never heard them spoken about from the pulpit before, and I'm going to try to be brave this morning and speak a little bit, a bit about them because I want, to, I want to break them. I'm convinced that one of Satan's primary strategies for keeping you from experiencing the amazing help and benefits that come from a friendship with the Holy Spirit is to convince you that doing so 
would make you weird. You know, I, I texted Sophia this morning a prayer, and in it I said something about, may the Holy Spirit come and rest upon you. And my spell check said, may the hokey spirit. <laughs> Isn't that the misconception out there? I mean, I, I told her, I ho she said she was in a lot of pain, and I said, I'm so sorry, because she said, you made me laugh. And it was like, but there's a misconception that it's a weird, hokey spirit, that it's not a holy spirit. And unfortunately, in our world, Satan has a lot of help in reinforcing that lie. The world, let's just admit it, has its fair share of truly effective I can't say the word, eccentric people. You know what I mean by that. And some of them are spirit-filled Christians. And But here's a newsflash for you. I have seen it firsthand, and I, and I want to say this carefully. Those people were a little hokey before they were filled with the spirit. It's just who they were just who they are. They would be hokey. <laughs> I'm sorry, the song's going through my head. The hokey pokey, you know. <laughs> uh, they would be a little hokey if they had never been saved and if they pursued, let's say, collecting orchids like Terry McMorrow does. <laughs> they would be hokey orchid collectors. <laughs> it would just be who they are. And unfortunately, some eccentric, hokey people have made others of uh, the kingdom of God leery of who the Holy Spirit is. Sometimes people do really bizarre things and then claim it was the Holy Spirit that made them do it. And he didn't. Because the Holy Spirit isn't weird and the Holy Spirit isn't hokey. And I know it is true. I absolutely know that that is true. And how do I know it? Let's go to the next slide. This is what the Bible says about the Holy Spirit. Read these with me. Comforter, counselor, helper, advocate, guide, intercessor, revealer of truth, spirit of life, teacher, friend. That's how God in his word describes the Holy Spirit. I cannot find anywhere in my Bible where it calls the Holy Spirit weird, wacky, scary, hokey. It is not in here. It's not in here. It does describe him as powerful and life-changing. He describes as an incredibly intimate. He'll get into your stuff. He'll want to change the way that you think so that you think like God wants you to think. He'll give you courage in situations where you think, oh, should I do this or that? And he'll give you courage and send you in a certain direction. But he's never hokey. Plus, I know that the Holy Spirit's not weird because I know him well because... Honestly, he's a really good friend of mine. He's my friend. And he wants to be your friend. 
This particular lie of the enemy harms us more than we realize. On one hand, you read your Bible and you see all the biblical evidence that the Holy Spirit is a blessing and a helper. But then on the other hand, the enemy will show you goofy people doing goofy things in the name of the Spirit. And as a result, you say, you know what, I don't want any part of that. Or you say, I'm just going to open my life up a little bit, just a little bit. I'm, like, I'm going to let the Holy Spirit just get one foot in. Because from what I've seen, I can't trust him to behave himself. The Holy Spirit isn't strange. He is wonderful. He is kind. And do you know what? The Bible describes him, God's word describes him as incredibly sensitive. So sensitive that God's word says he can be grieved. His feelings get wounded when we don't conduct ourselves correctly. He feels pain and sorrow, and he even mourns when we misrepresent him, when we misrepresent Jesus, and we misrepresent the Father. Let's go to this next slide. We'll see if we got it. Pastor Ralph, God bless you, has been working on this all morning. Ephesians 4, 20. Here we got the right one. Is this one still the message? Let me look at my notes. Nope, this is the right one. And it's, I want it to go through, is it going to go through 32, guys, once I get there? Thank you. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry, for anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good, hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful so that your words will be encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit or do not grieve the Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, he has identified you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God, through Christ, has forgiven you. God's word here says the Holy Spirit grieves when we don't build up those around us. He grieves when we are bitter, full of rage, or angry, when we slander, when we're unkind, when we lose our compassion, when we don't forgive each other, as Jesus forgave us, he grieves. Does that sound like a hokey spirit, a hokey reaction, or does that sound like a sensitive, oh my gosh, that's a godly reaction? 
a real friendship with the Holy Spirit, I can guarantee you will change your life. And starting today, I want you to think of him as someone who wants to be your friend. Lori, go ahead and come up. Last slide, guys. Let's just leave this one up till the end of the service. Actually, go to the next part. I need it to be there all together. The Holy Spirit, who is he? Is there one more? Thank you. They're going to work on that for me. It's going to say, Holy Spirit, who is he? Friend. Isn't it a wonder why Satan is terrified by the thought of you becoming fully open to the friendship of the Holy Spirit? Now, this morning, even though there's been abuse and misuse and there's been growing pains in releasing the Spirit's fruits and the Spirit's gifts, I don't want you to shy away from any experience in a daily walk and a friendship with the Holy Spirit. I honestly don't think that I could live a truly productive life without Him in my life. I don't believe that you can live without him in your life. Do you know that Jesus didn't begin his ministry until the Holy Spirit came on him? It says that Jesus emptied himself out of everything that was God and came to earth. He had no special powers. He was a man like you and I were. And then on the day that he was water baptized, it said the Holy Spirit descended on him, not just to be with him, but in him. And from that moment on, it says the Spirit drove him to do miracles, to reconcile man to God, to be able to read people's thoughts and know their hearts. It was by the work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus Christ. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, I need the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed the Holy Spirit, you need the Holy Spirit. Missing out on the power and the love and the fruit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, I, I think that's really unfortunate. But I want you to catch something this morning. Missing out on his friendship I think is tragic. So I want you to just throw out, if you have any negative misconceptions about the Holy Spirit, or even if you have had a relationship with him for years and never thought of him as friend, I want you to throw everything else out and think about, oh, I am asking for a friendship with the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be sensitive to me. In fact, let me find my notes here real quick. He's going to be someone who really knows you, yet is bound to you because he likes you so much. He's going to be on your side 
He's going to share your experiences even when your experiences are unpleasant. He doesn't care if you look nice. He doesn't care if you're boring. He wants to forgive you and help you. He will tell you if you're being stupid, but he will never, ever, ever make you feel stupid. He's going to look forward to seeing you, spending time with you, and he wants you to look forward to seeing him and spending time with him. You're going to like him so much that you'll begin to like the things that he likes. And when times are hard, the Holy Spirit will say to you, because he's your friend, let's do this together. I will stick by you. Let's go ahead and stand. We're going to sing this song. Which one is it, Lord? Okay. Let's just let's just sing this with Lori for a moment. Spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me With every eye closed, I just want you to listen to me for a moment. One of the analogies that God uses for the Holy Spirit is that it is the actual breath of God. And the Holy Spirit wants to breathe on you this morning. And fill you with himself so you have strength for your journey. And there's nothing hokey about it. He wants to be your friend. If you are willing, whether you've known him all your life or you've never even heard of him before, if you want a new friendship with the Holy Spirit, I want you to just simply place your hands out before you. And then I want you to take a breath and receive the Holy Spirit. It's that simple. Receive 
the Holy Spirit. And everybody just repeat after me, Holy Spirit, will you be my friend? (laughs) I need you. I breathe in and receive you. Thank you for coming into my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Next week, I'm going to be teaching a little bit more on this subject about being a friend and what happens when you are a friend with the Holy Spirit. Um, I wonder if the prayer team just quickly can go back and surround Lisa and baby Jack. We're we're just going to pray that that baby continues to heal. He's a baby of miracles. Um, We're going to believe that he's got a friend called the Holy Spirit, that they are are friends. Um, Pray for Lisa, Grandma Jackie. And while they're praying for them, if there's anybody who would like special prayer, Ralph, would you come up here, please, Pastor Ralph? Kevin, will you come up here, please? Tim, Rob, would you come up here, please? Tammy, April, if you want to have special prayer from anybody, I just want the altar open to you. Carol, do you want to come up, Carol Warwick? So I'm, I'm going to pray. Lori's going to um, sing this song one more time. And as she's singing, you can come up and have prayer. And when she's done with the song, then you will be dismissed. And I'm going to step forward to service. I pray for anybody that would like prayer. Jesus, I thank you for this service. I thank you that you and the Father sent the Holy Spirit that he might be our friend, that we all might From this day forward, start a new friendship with him. Thank you, Jesus. Let's go ahead and sing and come forward if you would like prayer. Breathe, oh breath of God, now breathe, oh breath of God. Breathe, oh breath of God, now breathe. Breathe, oh breath of God, breathe. Come alive, come alive.